This week, we're going to be talking about how to help you navigate seasonality in your business. We're going to be sharing three tips that are going to help you make sure that if you have a seasonal business, you're staying on top of things to make sure that you're still walking away with a profitable business at the end of the day. Stay tuned as we jump into this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Stuff Your Accountant Isn't Telling You. And if you are listening and you might not be able to see us, we are actually on the road. So one of the things that we talked about for Stuff Your Accountant Isn't Telling You is that we were going to be on the road for the rest of the year, doing different trips, traveling to different destinations. And today we're actually headed back from Charleston, South Carolina. So South Carolina, southern part of the United States for our international audience. And it's been a good trip. So Terrell, welcome back to the episode. Terrell is going to be our driver slash co-host on this episode. Hey, what's going on? Um, It is good to be back. Even though I can't look at the camera right now because I am focused on the road to keep us from getting into an accident. I will say I am excited to share some of these tips because I think these three tips really will help a lot of even people who don't think they have a seasonal business. There are always trends that are popping up. So I think this is great for every business to really figure out how do we keep profitability high throughout the entire year? Yeah, that's a really good point that you made, because I think a lot of people, a lot of people don't really think about the seasonality part of their business or some people don't think they have a seasonal business. So how would you define seasonality when it comes to just running your business or seasonality period? Like, what does that mean? Well, it's one of those things that I look at with a lot of businesses is when we look at the raw numbers Mm -hmm. and we start to see a pattern like there's a certain time of year where things increase right and there is a certain time of year where you know your volume is up or your revenue is up and then there are some times a year where your revenue is a bit down or is down lower than usual right and that is simply seasonality it's just there are seasons when it's up there are seasons when it's down and i think a lot of people when they think about seasonality they just think oh your business is only open during the summertime or your business is only open. And I'm like, no, seasonality is any consistent trend or pattern of peaks and valleys in your business. And you got to have a strategy for that or you're going to run into some serious trouble. That is a really good point because I think initially before really understanding and studying this topic over the years, I think I also thought the same thing. Seasonality is you know, hey, if you're only open certain periods of the year, like that's how you defend you define a seasonable business, seasonality business, driven business. But I think even when you think about things like, for example, some businesses, like if you have a travel company, you're probably going to be more busier during the holidays because people are wanting to travel. So all of those things are a big factor in how you navigate making and driving decisions in your business. So I'm excited to talk about this topic. We're going to go ahead and jump into Tip one. So tip number one is planning ahead when it comes to navigating seasonality in your business. So when you hear like planning ahead, what comes to your mind first? Yeah, I mean, I think it's you look at the calendar of what's happening in your industry or what happens in your business or just what happens during the year. Mm -hmm. And you start thinking about, okay, what unique things are going to happen at various points of the year that are going to impact our business? For example, like you mentioned with travel. Mm -hmm. 
when it comes down to travel, they know, okay, when you put out a year around major holidays, if you're in the U.S., major holidays in the U.S., there are going to be some significant peaks. Right. And then there are going to be other areas where, hey, people don't travel as much. And so I think what you start to do is you start looking and saying, okay, all right, what special deals can we offer during the down times mm -hmm. to make sure that we can still keep revenue flowing during those downtimes. Yeah, I, I, I like that. And I think also just maximizing the uptimes because one of the great things about data, especially when you're thinking about financial data and the numbers is when you look at your financials consistently and you see, hey, I know that, for example, in the United States, spring break is a big thing for families, right? Because they like to go to different places, you know, take their kids. Their spring break is typically when children are on holiday. It's like a break right before summer, I think, before finals um, and exams. And during that period, families will typically take vacations. And so if that is a busy time, for example, you have a travel agency and that's a busy time for you as a business owner, that may be a good time to maybe run some ads in your business. Basically maximize those times where you know that, hey, there's going to be a lot of demand for what it is that I'm having to offer. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think during those demand times, one of the smart things to do is to make sure that you set some cash aside That's because good. you're going to have times where things will be a little bit slower. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to spend all your money in the good times and, you know, for lack of a better term, have no money set aside for a rainy day. Yeah, exactly. So you do want to think about that. No, that's really good. And I think it goes back to the point we typically make on the episode and we always do it on the show. Cash is king, right? So like at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you're putting cash cash aside to be able to help sustain and run your business when you go through these peaks and valleys, which um, I think goes into the second point that I wanted to talk about. Well, first of all, before I get ahead of myself, let's talk about the second tip, which I think would be diversifying your product and your offering. So the first step we talked about is just, hey, being able to plan ahead and just having an idea of what's coming. So once you do that, one of the tips I also wanted to share with the audience was, hey, diversifying your product. Like when you think about diversification, what do you think about when it comes to helping a business owner run their business? Yeah, when I think about diversification, it's finding alternative problems that you can solve for your clients. Mm -hmm. Let's say, for example, our business. We're in doing bookkeeping and CFO services, mainly for law firms. And so when you think about that, people may, most other firms would probably be like, okay, all right, you're going to offer bookkeeping all year round. Um, but then we look and we say, okay, all right, what other types of finance accounting related problems do they have? Right. And most people, they're going to think about their accounting side of their business when you get close to tax return or tax season mm -hmm. or whatever. So one of the things we started looking at is, all right, if we know that that's the general calendar, some of the alternative products we can offer is, hey, maybe we can do cleanup projects to where you get close to Octo between October and December. We'll hire us to do the cleanup work. Or let's say it's in, you know, around April. We can offer things like, hey, if you already have somebody internally that's doing your accounting, yeah. we can do a training with them to where we can train them how to do it properly so you don't have a mess on your hands at the end of the year. Like, those aren't our core products, but those allow us to diversify what we're doing. That's that's good. I think I like that idea also because it goes back to one of the things that you've said often, which is just being able to get scrappy. So when you have, you have periods when maybe sales is down or when, hey, there isn't as much demand for what you're selling and you're providing, like just 
understanding that there are other ways for you to generate revenue in your business that may be not be the typical route that you have taken and just being open to doing that definitely puts you in a position to make sure that you're maintaining the cash position um, in your business. Yeah, I mean, and for us, is we've used a lot of different tools internally to make our processes better mm -hmm. that we've been using to, you know, actually create alternative or diversify products. Yeah. Like one of the big things that I noticed for a lot of law firms and just businesses in general, it's, you know, in order for you to run a very successful business, you got to have a good grasp of the numbers of, hey, financially, what's happening in your business? So one of the things we looked at is like, what if we could take their financial data and create dashboards? And that way, we don't necessarily have to be their accountant. We're just the, the, the data team that's taking their data, creating dashboards. And so what we had to figure out is how do we do that in an efficient way? And so one of the things we started looking at is how do we automate pulling their financial data into some type of spreadsheet to create some type of dashboard and a Originally, we looked at different apps. That's how we originally came across um, LiveFlow, Live yeah. where LiveFlow allowed us, if they were on QuickBooks, it allowed us to pull their data into a spreadsheet and that was automated. Mm -hmm. And then we created a dashboard where that spreadsheet fed directly into a dashboard to where now we can offer that as a service to other companies. and we don't even have to be their bookkeeper. They could have somebody else, but it just gives us another product to offer to really help businesses and diversify our offerings. Yeah, and I think it's also a good way to discover like if something is, um, if something does really well, like for example, for us, the dashboards were a great example of the fact that, hey, there is a need for people, there is a need for some business owners to have this in their business to where if you had never explored diversifying it, like, that would have probably been an area where we, we would have not been able to tap into for revenue generation. Um, and so I think always just being open to testing and trying different things to just see, hey, is there a need for this? Is there a feel like are people demanding that product? Like, does it do well? And if it does well, hey, maybe this is something I can add permanently to my offering. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good part as well. But, but and I think the thing that, that stops a lot of people from really figuring out and mastering diversification I think is that we just don't have the right focus. Mm. And, and this is something that like I'm going on the road and I'm gonna be speaking about more like I'm doing a webinar about this um, with the, the, the live flow team. I'm gonna be speaking at a conference in June in St. Louis about this. I'm also probably gonna be speaking in Asia about this as well. And it's really not getting so caught up on the product that we offer like we offer bookkeeping and CFO services, but not really focusing so much on that, but really focusing on what problem are we solving? Yeah. And the problem we solve is we provide people with reliable financial information to help them make better decisions. Now, by focusing on that, that allows us to figure out, like, hey, what other creative ways can we provide financial information that helps business owners make better decisions. And that's, that's how good. we came across like the dashboards and there've been some where we create financial models or we create, you know, simple, you know, there's some Excel templates that we create and we sell on Etsy or sell on different platforms because sometimes people just need a tool 
where they can plug a couple numbers in, yeah. the formulas will do the rest. And that's all they need. They don't need us to be their bookkeeper or they don't need us to be their CFO. Mm -hmm. And the only way we figure that out is by focusing less on the services we offer and focus more on what problems are we solving for the clients. That's good. I like that point because I think that is, and I think it's also helped us get more clarity. Like the more specific we've been, I think it's helped us get more clarity on our client base and like, hey, I think that's how, I think, first of all, the decision we even made to focus on law firms, like that provided so much clarity because we immediately knew like, okay, this is who we're focused on selling to. And so every offering we have is kind of centered around that with that in mind and building around, okay, hey, if there are, like you said, the, for the people that we might not be able to support as bookkeepers or accountants, just because we focus on law firms, still being able to create tools that are centered around giving them, I guess, financial support or giving them the tools they need to have that financial support without really doing the bookkeeping for them. So I think that's a really good point. Absolutely. And I think any business can do that because, right. you know, I was talking to a, you know, talking to other types of businesses, like even with law firms, like one of the things that I was talking to them about is like, you know, you may not have a person who comes in that's going to hire you to be their lawyer. Let's say if there's someone who wants to yeah, they want to file their own, let's say, legal documents or whatever. If it's something very basic, like a contract or whatever, maybe you offer a service of like, hey, we'll, re we'll do a legal review of your contracts. You can draft them because it's going to cost you less money, but we'll do a legal review. We'll point out some areas that like, hey, I probably wouldn't say this or, hey, you have some concerns over here and just kind of mark it with a red pen yeah. and give it back to them to where it's like, you know what, that could become a different service. Or I've seen some law firms, what they do is they will actually offer their services to another law firm that's doing, let's say, trial prep or something like that, mm -hmm. where they are not actually gonna sit in the courtroom with you, but like, hey, we'll work with you, kind of help you refine, you know, review your strategy to so you can have a better winning strategy when you get into the courtroom. And it's just like stuff like that, that, you know, it's not your core service, but it does give you an opportunity to find new creative ways of creating more revenue and profit in your business. That's good. That's really good. And I think that kind of goes to wrap it up. The third point that we were going to make or the third tip, which is to have a to ensure that you are building a cash reserve. So I don't think we talk like we've talked, we talk about this a lot, but I don't think we've talked about this enough. So cash reserve, can you just give us a few points as to, hey, why this is extremely important? Yeah, I mean, so when you're thinking about seasonality, I mean, there are going to be time periods where, you know, your business isn't doing as well or you aren't, gen customers aren't coming in as frequently. For, like, normal, yeah. for a lot of businesses, when people, unless you're in the tourist industry, um, when people are on vacation during the summer months, a lot of businesses start to see less revenue than normal. Right. Now, if you think about like, let's say your peak time, let's say if between January through let's say April is like when you are super busy, you have to hire staff so that you can handle all the work. Well, once you get into like May, June and July, things slow down mm -hmm. and it's just like, do you fire all your people and right. then try to bring them back in August? If you get in the habit of doing that, no it's going to be work for yeah, you. it's going to be difficult to find people. So yeah. one of the things you have to do is during the time where things are really, really good, 
make sure you're putting money aside so during those summer months when your volume drops you're not like you know you know i guess struggling to figure out how am i going to pay and keep all these people on staff yeah well if you set money aside then that helps take that pressure off and you'll be able to make it through the slower summer months so when kind of august september comes around things get busy again you have the staff in place ready to go. I think that's a really good point. And I actually just thought about that because we just left Charleston and Charleston is a big college town. And one of the things that I noticed while we were leaving or while we were there was just, you know, you mentioned to me, I was like, hey, you know, I just I was expecting the city to be a little bit more populated than it was. And you said, hey, you know, the reason why is because a lot of schools have done graduations and there's not a lot of college kids here. And I think one of the things that I think about, especially for a lot of the businesses that may be based in somewhere like Charleston, that is heavily influenced, uh, have heavy presence of, you know, university students, college students, is also being mindful of how you're staffing your labor. Like if you have a brick and mortar is in the case of like, for example, if I use Charleston as an example, are you hiring college students, you know, who go home during the summer? So you already know, hey, some of these people are going to leave. So I don't have to worry about, hey, having to pay them. So just, I guess when you're planning, part of seasonality is also being able to plan your labor and plan your hiring effectively to meet that. Because in the case of like, again, going back to the brick and mortar example, is if you're staffing your staff with, for example, college students in somewhere like Charleston, then you know that when they leave and go for the summer home, hey, okay, there's less demand. There's not as many people in the city. So you can basically afford to keep maybe one or two people on staff. And then when they come back, during school time, it's like, okay, you can, they can come back and you can now afford to pay them because things are back to normal. And so just keeping in mind that as you're also talking about building your cash reserve is just planning and staffing your labor to help meet those demands of like when you're going to hire people, how long their contracts are going to last as well. If you're bringing contractors, an example is taking all of that into account to help you make sure that you're managing your cash reserve as well. Yep. And also keeping in mind that hiring costs money like there's an investment that you're going to have to make exactly i mean because while you're interviewing people or you're reviewing resumes that means you don't have the time to work on client work that's actually generating money yeah because you're going to have to dedicate time to finding the right person because you don't want to just accept anybody who walks in that's true or let's say you know you have to pay for background checks or let's say if you're using like an outsourced company like some of our staff is in the Philippines. And so whenever we get ready to hire someone in the Philippines, there's an upfront fee that we have to pay. And you want to make sure that do you have the cash set aside to pay that upfront fee so you can increase your staff when that time comes. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people is you want to make sure that you're setting a cash aside for the unexpected as well as incidental or unplanned expenses that come up because one thing we know for sure is in any business the unexpected will happen so you want to make sure that you're ready for it because i always tell people is that you know human beings have a exceptional capacity to deal with you know misfortune and unfortunate situations but human beings do not have a very good capacity to deal with the unknown. And so the better you get at kind of planning and, and assuming that, hey, something unknown or unexpected is going to happen. So let me set some cash aside. So when that unknown or unexpected thing does happen, it doesn't completely distract us or take us out. I think that's really good. And 
when I go back to even the cash reserve thing, it's just don't build up cash forecast just to, hey, I'm going to use this money to pay my employees during, during downtime. But like you said, you need to have something for the unplanned because the unplanned is always going to happen. Um, and the quickest way to go out of business is when you have multiple unplanned things and you did not you did not have any sort of buffer for any of them like that's the quickest way to find yourself in a negative cash flow position which there's only so long that your business can last while you're doing dealing with that or going through that any final points before we wrap up today's episode um i, I guess just you know a big one is just that every business should understand that they have some form of seasonality happening in their business mm-hmm. and you may not know what that seasonality looks like but if you really take an honest look at your numbers, your numbers will help you see what your seasonality looks like for your business. And when you look at that, now you have a better idea on what you need to plan around. Yeah. Because that will help save you from a lot of headache when it comes to running your business. Right. Agreed. So like just to recap what we talked about, the first topic we talked about is just having a plan, planning ahead. The second tip, or not the first topic, the first, the first tip we shared is planning ahead. The second tip we talked about is diversifying your products and service offering. And Terrell gave some phenomenal examples on how we, how we even do that in our business. And the third one is making sure that you're building a cash reserve, not just for the unplanned, but also to help run your business during that downtime. So we hope this has been a helpful episode. Keep up and stay tuned as we do more of our on the road travel series on the stuff your accountant isn't telling you next destination is going to be where are we going next rhode island well you're going to rhode vegas. island well, vegas. No, rhode island rhode island vegas. and then terrell's going to vegas and then i'm super excited in july we're going to be in greece so stay tuned for the episodes thank you guys for tuning in until next time